0: Welcome to the human design and dating podcast. This is your home base for all things human design in the dating world. Tune in for tips on how to use your human design to ditch the old antiquated rules of dating and to start dating your way, as well as guest interviews and enlightening conversations about dating relationships and more. Let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome to the Human Design and Dating Podcast. I am excited to have Nicole Lowe with me today. We are going to be talking about all things being yourself in dating. And Nicole is a somatic experiencing and Feldenkrais and yoga practitioner. She supports people who feel disconnected and are craving deep, meaningful relationship with themselves and others, shift out of survival patterns, heal trauma, and truly understand themselves and their nervous system so they can feel whole empowered, free, and a sense of belonging. All too often we focus on what's wrong and trying to find the answers and to fix everything. Nicole's work is based instead in emphasizing that you're already whole and that the richness and true transformations happen when you learn to explore from a place of curiosity. Nicole, thank you so much for being here with me today.
1: Thank you, Jess. I'm excited to dive in with you and explore dating from a somatic perspective.
0: Absolutely, I'm I'm really excited to have this conversation because I feel like, you know, I found you through Mark Groves' um, dating 101. I want to say about a year ago, maybe a little bit over a year ago, and it was a really I found your work really supportive because I always found myself in the dating scene very on edge when it came to meeting somebody. So whether I was like Talking too fast because I was nervous, or I felt like I didn't know how to fully show up. Did I need to put on a show or act a certain way, or whatever it was, because I wasn't feeling comfortable? I wasn't fully in my body. And I feel like your work really has been very supportive in being able to show up as my full and authentic self and understand what's going on in the body as I'm sitting across from somebody, what am I experiencing? How do I get connected to it? And what, most importantly, what do I do about it? So um, I would love it if you could share a little bit more about the work that you do and what you offer.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that because I think there's so much simplicity in pausing and noticing ourselves, right? And until we notice, we aren't aware of how we're showing up in this world. And that's a lot of what I focus on is how am I experiencing myself? How am I showing up? Is this really authentically me or is this some way I've learned to adapt or a survival pattern that I continuously find myself in? Or is this a result of my trauma? Really getting to know like, who am I really? How am I showing up in this world? And, you know, we all have our adaptations and our survival patterns. We all, I wanna say it, have trauma. And the more we learn how to become curious by pausing and noticing and becoming aware of how we're showing up, whether it's in dating or in anything we're doing, the more we can really experiment and learn to get curious about what else is possible other than the ways we've learned how to be in this world.
0: Absolutely. I, I love the word that was popping to my mind as you were talking is like awareness and how important just having that awareness in the first place is, which sometimes I feel like even having the awareness can be challenging because if we've operated out of those survival patterns and they feel like us so much, we can really strongly identify with them and not even realize that maybe that adaptation or how we're acting isn't actually my person at my true personality. It's yeah, it's a survival pattern. Yeah, it's so true.
1: It's not until you start becoming aware of how you're showing up and then starting to get curious and you can untangle like what's really here. Am I just protecting myself or managing things or trying to control the situation or distracting to not feel anything here? Or is this really who I am and what feels right and aligned and expansive or at least is giving me the information that's like, okay, okay. Yeah, this is really who I am. This feels right
0: totally you know what's actually really interesting i forgot to mention to this before this to you before we started recording um but i actually did um two human design sessions for business in my other business with um two people this morning who had their personality sun which is what your brand is here to shine to the world in the same position that yours is in and it was oh, just nice. really strange that all of you had this similarity you're all fifth lines But what's really interesting is actually the shadow is about distraction and addiction. So like helping people to break out of distraction in order and addictions, whatever they are, whether it's, yeah, like addiction to food or sex or whatever it may be so that you can actually come back into a space of like equilibrium within yourself and, and true presence and expressing who you are. So. I love that you're so in alignment with what right? you're here to do. So that's <laughs> awesome. Fun. Love yeah. it. Um, yeah. Let's go over some of the basics. Like what is, what is, let's just start with the question of what is trauma? What do you consider trauma?
1: Yeah. I like to differentiate trauma from survival patterns. At least this is how I look at it. This isn't necessarily how other people describe things, but I find it easiest to look at kind of teasing them apart a little So trauma is us stuck, still trying to survive. So there's something that happened to us where we are then stuck in time because we didn't actually move through the experience to recognize we're okay. So somatic experiencing, which is the work of Peter Levine speaks often to the threat response cycle, which in a healthy nervous system or when we don't get trauma for something, we move through this threat response system, so or this threat response cycle. So say I'm, I'm walking out to my car and I hear a loud noise, I wanna move into more alertness, right? By moving into that alertness and then realizing, oh, that was just the neighbor's dog. Then I settle back into realizing I'm safe, I'm okay. I didn't experience um, something traumatic out of that, that doesn't mean that I may not have experienced trauma if I didn't move through that to realize that I'm actually okay we can get stuck in feeling like we need to always be on alert it might not have been from that experience where I'm walking out to my car and experience a loud noise but something in my past may have happened where I constantly needed to be on alert and I never landed in recognizing I'm actually safe and I don't need to be alert So that's kind of like the beginning stages of the threat response cycle is when we hear a sound or see something or sense something where we move more into, we move out of being exploratory and playful and connected with our environment to being more alert and taking in what's happening. Do I need to prepare myself for danger or not? Move on a little further and then you're maybe going from that alertness to this like preparatory state where you're like, okay, what's happening here? Into more of a fight flee energy, right? I'm breaking it down pretty simply, but that's kind of the gist of it. It's like, okay, let's hear it. I hear that loud sound, and all of a sudden I see that it's actually a bear rummaging through the garbage. Okay, I need to now move more into that fight flee energy and remove myself from the situation. I go back into my house, I realize I'm safe, I'm okay. Whereas if I maybe froze because in the past I've learned that anything dangerous my system just shuts down and I get stuck there and I don't know what to do you know my breathing kind of becomes really shallow and I can barely even move my feet or maybe um, I'm just like oh whatever it's fine I'll just continue on and this bear is not gonna damn it hurt me at all. all right we've often have all these ways that we're stuck that we then learn how to show up in the world from that way, whether that's like perceiving the world as always dangerous and being in that alert or hyper vigilant state, or, you know, thinking any noise is out, something dangerous and is out to get me, or maybe I'm just la-di-da, everything's fine all the time, or maybe I'm constantly in freeze and really have a hard time even navigating what's happening in my world, or... I'm always ready to fight and, you know, screw the bear. And yeah, I mean, I do remember a time where I once definitely was like, screw the bear. It's not dangerous. I'm going to get closer to it. Right. Like I'm, I'm can't touch me. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Powered and strong. Right. So Mm -hmm. those are all ways where we can in the past have experienced these situations where we've now learned to adapt in the world in that way, be in the world in that way, where we respond to something that is dangerous in a way that's, not necessarily supportive to the situation or on the flip side we respond to something that is actually safe but perceive it as dangerous and don't even know how to navigate certain situations Mm. so i like to just think of trauma as us stuck still trying to survive and it's irrelevant what the event was it's that we just didn't move through our experience of that alertness or that hypervigilance or that fight flee energy or even our freeze to land in recognizing we're okay. Yeah. So it can happen from the subtlest, smallest thing or repetitive things, or um, I mean we can geek out about trauma for a whole podcast around, you know, what is developmental trauma, what is intergenerational trauma, what is shock trauma. But if we just see it as a way that we've learned to, excuse me, it's more that we've we're stuck still trying to survive, that's our trauma. Yeah. The ways we've adapted and the ways we've navigated to not have to feel our trauma, those are more of our survival patterns. So an example of that would be anytime I go outside, I'm alert and ready just in case something's dangerous. That would be more be the survival pattern I've adapted to navigate the world. Or I... Um, I connect with friends, but I always have a wall up to keep myself protected and safe. That to me would be more of a survival pattern. So these ways we've really learned to be in the world, to keep ourselves protected, to manage the situations, to have control of things so that I'm air quote okay versus the trauma is us still stuck believing we're in danger. Hence why we adapt all these lovely survival patterns and ways of being in the world.
0: Yeah, I I feel like as you were talking, I kept thinking to myself about how prevalent this is in the dating world, especially because of how accessible things that we can essentially numb out on are to let go of the pain. So I'm just thinking, you know, you had said about, and maybe we can bring some examples of this, but you said there might be something that's actually safe that I am perceiving as like, a, you know, not safe that actually is mm-hmm. safe. So for example, I'm just thinking about um, like avoidance. We talk to, talk about attachment, just how I think sometimes in the dating world, people make up stories like, oh, I must be too much. Or there's something wrong with me because when someone starts to get close to another person, maybe it no longer feels safe for them. So they run away, they ghost, they do whatever, but actually it's like something's happening inside of that person that might be them just trying to protect themselves, which has absolutely nothing to do potentially with the other person sitting across from them. So what are some of the ways that you've kind of commonly seen some of these survival patterns show up in the dating world?
1: Yeah, there's so many. (laughs) I like to even start with, you know, setting up your dating profile and having conversations or even swiping You know, like, even if we look at those earlier stages, and I'll speak a little to actual dates as well, but, you know, when we even open an app or our hesitancy to even open or create a profile, right, we're already showing up in a survival pattern where it's like this unfamiliar thing or this thing that never worked out for me is um, intimidating and, I wanna keep myself protected, I'm hesitant to post certain pictures or I don't even know what pictures uh, to post of me because I don't like any of my pictures, right? Or I don't know what to write or I'm getting all stressed out about what I'm writing. These are all survival patterns that we can bring awareness to. And what I love about that is like, there's a lot to learn even just in setting up a profile and having conversations and going on our first dates we can really notice what's showing up for us. So let's say I'm someone who is brand new to online dating and I've been avoiding the apps because I just want to do it the old-fashioned way, right? It's like in a way it's possible that that is a survival pattern because it's keeping them safe. It's like this is unfamiliar and it makes me feel too uncomfortable. There's a nervousness there. Okay, how am I noticing the nervousness? Like I go to download the app and I'm holding my breath. There's a tightness in my chest. Um, My shoulders are clenched. I'm feeling the bracing in my spine. Like I'm having a whole experience with this idea of doing something that's so unfamiliar to me. So, even for anyone who has yet to even set up your dating profile, like, no, you're not alone. And when we navigate the edges of what's uncomfortable, that's where we really get to learn something about ourselves. So, if I'm then swiping, it's the same thing. I can notice, like, oh, I'm really drawn to this certain character. Like, oh, there's some excitement there, and I'm feeling some lust. And it's like, oh, there they're totally what I'm looking for in a person. And then we can inquire further, like, okay, what is that? Like, what is the attraction? Is there something familiar there? And there's actually more of a trauma bond where it's like, ooh, this is what I know. So I'm gonna swipe right versus, you know, this is something that's uncomfortable and unfamiliar and I'm not gonna swipe right. Mm
0: -hmm. And I find
1: that so interesting, like this may sound super shallow, but I'm gonna share it anyways. But like I'll swipe left because someone's wearing like a sports baseball cap, you know, or like saying we like, all do it. Right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, that I'm making a judgment based on what someone's wearing, right? And because it's unfamiliar, it's not what I would usually go for. It's like, nope, you know, and we can make such quick judgments off of someone's profile which is important to also listen because sometimes your intuition is telling you things or from experience I know anyone I have swiped right on who for example is wearing a baseball cap I'm like you know we already don't have the same interests so you know but it is a great opportunity to experiment and that's where I think dating is such an incredible way to get to know yourself because you can really pick up on what your normal patterns are and what's comfortable and then what's uncomfortable and what's happening within those states because yeah our survival patterns keep us comfortable so yep if you're always swiping right on the same people but you know not really meeting anyone or always ending up with someone who's non-committal and you're like why it's like oh wait I'm continuously drawn to that same kind of energy or that same kind of look or that same kind of feel or that same kind of lusty feeling that gets sparked for whatever reason yeah okay how can I get uncomfortable here and navigate doing something a little bit different from what I would usually do so I can show my system that different is okay and I survived and I don't have to necessarily do it in that same pattern I always would
0: Sounds like to some degree, like a level of impulse control and bringing a sense of like mindfulness and presence into the space of just getting on an app in the first place. Because, you know, I was, it's funny you're saying this because I was thinking this morning about, um, I popped on Bumble and I was like scrolling through and I was doing exactly what you said because I started, especially since, um, dating 101 really drawing an awareness to where is my body like, oh, hell yeah. Like this, like, you know, that lust, like you said, or that like leaning in. And I started to really develop an awareness when I'm swiping. And so sometimes what I'll do is actually look at someone's picture and notice my first bodily reaction. And then I'll, especially if it's lust and this like happened this morning where I was like, oh, it was like, I have a thing for like manly men, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like manly men. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm progressing into my thirties and it's like, my body's like, let's make a baby with somebody. I don't know, but it's something inside my body. That's like going for that. You know, it feels safe to some degree. And I've started doing this thing where I'm like, I noticed the first reaction to a picture and then I scroll and I'm like, okay, what that's interesting. That's some information. Like there's a lust. there's like, you know, let's go. And then what is it that, that I, when I read their bio, like this person in particular, I read it and immediately it was like, I need a woman who can blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> that's a no for me. But what is that part of me that is intrigued by that? And Last night, I was thinking about this interview today and I was thinking, I don't want the younger part of me to be dating anymore because I'm in my thirties. I don't need my 16 year old that wants a certain thing or thinks a certain thing is safe to come on to the dating app and be the one swiping. I want my adult self. And I know my younger self used to make really impulsive decisions. Sometimes I still do but my adult self can at least be like, okay, let's pull the reins back for a moment. Like, let's actually feel into this. Let's think about it. So, um, I love what you're saying about this almost mindful scrolling and mindful swiping, if you will. Yeah.
1: I, I would love, so
0: much- yeah, go ahead.
1: I want to just mention something to, you know, what are we attracted to? Cause if we bring it back down to the basics of our biology and this I re- recognize that this doesn't necessarily speak to everyone especially because I think as human beings we are evolving and changing but from a biological perspective we often look for who can take care of me right like who can be whether say I'm a woman seeking a man it's like who's the man who can be that manly man right who can take care of me who can provide for me from a very cavemanish perspective, right? Like, ugh, be that for me, right? So for some men, if we're thinking back in our caveman bio- biology days, it's like, well, who can be the bearer of my child? Who can provide for me in that kind of more mothering, nurturing, feminine way, right? And now I, of course, recognize that there's our biology and then there's all these other experiences that we're having that we now might be drawn to different factors of a human but I think at our core there's a lot that speaks to that biology and that survival perspective of like the man that will take care of and protect and the woman that will nurture and provide right so it's an interesting thing to consider that that's in ourselves that's in our DNA and it's pretty cool to also see how that's evolving and changing and that um, certain people are drawn and attracted to different things now. So it's like, okay, well, what is it that I'm always attracted to? And now how can I get curious? What traits am I drawn to without even realizing and getting drawn to those traits? And then is there some wiggle room here because this actually never ends up working out because it's actually just matching something that's um, supporting a wound instead of supporting what I really want to
0: need as a human being. Totally. I feel like that's a big part of what makes dating so challenging is it's like, we've got all of our, um, my best friend and I call it either our daddy saddies or our mama trauma, which I know everybody <laughs> talks about the mama trauma. It's like, what am I playing out from a perspective yeah. of, you know, that, what am I playing out from a perspective of like my biology? You know, they say, I think they say like women ramp up as they get older, their sexual drive increases and men start to go down as they get older. And like the biological aspects of that and, you know, what's old pattern versus, so it's such a like deeply nuanced. It would it'd be nice if we could just say, Oh, it's like, you know, a plus B equals C Do this, do that, and then, (laughs) but it's so not. And I, it's not, I love the angle that you take because I think it puts us into this space of exactly what your bio says, which is it's not about trying to fix myself. We Mm -hmm. can actually make dating a really mindful process to learn more about ourselves, and we can actually use it as a catalyst for deeper healing as we go.
1: Exactly, because this, like, when you're in a relationship. You found your groove, you found what's comfortable, you're just doing your thing. When you're single and on your own, same thing. It's in these new relationships that we're really being challenged. And like, talk about a great opportunity for all our survival patterns to come forward and for us to really take a look at like, whoa, what's happening here? And how do I get curious about this instead of trying to shove it under the rug or pretend everything's fine or, push through or blame someone else, right? It's like, I I personally think dating is the best way to get to know yourself because where else do you ever get that uncomfortable and are that vulnerable and in a situation where everything is so new and unknown?
0: Totally. I want to dive into um, some of this, like how can we start to bring awareness into our bodies and maybe some practices. But the one question that I heard coming up, I'm like, oh, I bet people will have this question as uh, you were talking before is like, okay. So if bells and whistles go off in my body, like how do I start to identify what's my intuition? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't wanna go out with the Tinder swindler, but it's like, where's my intuition versus my survival, you know, my trauma Reactions like how do I discern between those two things? Yeah, it's a great question.
1: I'll share something that happened to me recently, which was a very cool learning experience. Because for me, I'm pretty picky, and when there's an attraction, there, there's like, oh, okay, what is this? I kind of want to follow through. I'm curious, you know, I'm intrigued. What is happening here? And so, I met someone um, through Tinder, and turns out I. I had a friend who had a friend that knew him, and I I got a, a pretty solid, like, don't go there message from my friend of a friend, and I was like, yeah, but there's something there, like, there's this attraction, like, you know, maybe what they were saying about him was from a while ago, who am I to judge, I want to make my own decision around this, right, so we had some great conversations, we met up, and there was a real beautiful connection there, a lot in common. And the red flags came in hot, like so hot. And you know, it's like, I had to do, navigate some disappointment, which is a big one for me, is like navigating through disappointment and like hope and disappointment and that whole dance. And while navigating that, I was like, wait, okay, what do I want in a partner? What allows me to be in my most expansive expression of myself? So if I make a list of what I'm looking for in a relationship, both how I want to feel and how um, how I am looking to be met by another person. So if I've got this list that you know allows me to live from more of my authentic self, and I compare it to who they actually are, and they're not really meeting anything on that list, <laughs> it's like yeah, wait, even though there's this attraction there and this lust and this like. Whoa, who knows? Past life connection doesn't matter. Like, look at your list, look at their two pages of red flags. Like, get the
0: fuck out. Right? (laughs) Totally. Yep.
1: So, I think it's important to be able to step aside and be like, okay, I'm feeling an attraction there, or I'm feeling drawn to this person. And what's happening? If I was observing this, what's happening? What am I witnessing both in myself and in this experience? And what feels messy and what feels clear and clean. And I think that's a really simple way of noticing, like, okay, if there's a quality to something that feels maybe familiar is not necessarily the best word for it, but kind of like, I know it and it feels messy Mm -hmm.
0: versus
1: maybe it's familiar, but it feels expansive and spacious and supportive Um, to me I work so much in the body so I can really feel the contrast of like a yes and a no and I find a lot of people are lacking the ability to recognize yeses and no's from a real intuitive place or even just an instinctual place because those two to me are different Um, so the more we get familiar with yeses and no's I think that also helps us become clear when something's okay and not okay in the dating experience. My tip towards that is like, what do you say yes and no to on a daily basis that you can really get familiar with the feeling of a yes and a no. So it's like, what do I want to have this morning? Tea or coffee? Okay, coffee, right? Or like, Do I want toast this morning? No. Okay. That's, that feels like a no. So I'm starting to like play with my, what do I want this or that? And what feels more like a, I want this or my yeses and nos like, okay, am I going to wear this shirt? No. Okay. Am I going to wear this shirt? Yes. Okay. How does that feel in my body? How do I know the yes? So to make these simple inquiries in your day-to-day of like, a yes or a no or this or that so you can start to recognize what feels good for you versus mm, like a no for you so then you can yeah. at least start to become clearer on those instinctual and intuitive yeses and noes and yeah. that's something that often can be lacking in childhood that's if you have a hard time with yeses and noes it's likely because as a child you never were able to establish boundaries or um, the boundaries were established for you. You didn't get to choose. Someone else chose for you. Okay? Yep. So knowing if yeses and nos are hard for you, know you're not alone. That's usually a result of early developmental or earlier relational aspects that influenced your sense of self and your sense of choice. And you can definitely, as an adult, really become clearer and clearer with simple day-to-day yeses and nos or this is and thates.
0: Yeah. I love that. I know that people listening, cause they're all human design people are probably going to be thinking here like, Oh, I don't have a sacral response. so I don't get a gut yes or a gut no. So <laughs> just know that like you do have an in- internal compass that's going to go proceed forward or do, do not proceed forward. So your process might look a little bit different, but I think what you just said is like in the body coming into the body and developing awareness around all of these different sensations that we feel. I, you know, last year, I actually took myself very early in the year out of the dating game because the dating game just in that wording in and of itself, (laughs) but I had been dating this lovely human being, like the sweetest, loveliest, kindest human being of all time. And my whole body was like, this isn't safe. But I could feel my intuition going, this is actually the most safe thing you've ever experienced and my body, but my body was freaking out. And I said, okay, I have to take a step back and I need to do some healing here. So I ended up literally like, I mean, I started doing brain spotting, which is not necessarily somatic experiencing, but it's a similar type of process of like healing, closing trauma loops and healing, Mm -hmm. you know, where the body thing, you know, healing, essentially healing on a deeper level with trauma. And, um, I can say now, because I want to just point out, you had said about like, you know, your list of what you want. I look back at my quote lists of from, you know, back in two years ago. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't want any of that. Like that doesn't feel Mm -hmm. now that I know myself better. And I've done a ton of healing over the last year and we'll keep going with it. It's like, even the things I thought I wanted before didn't serve the me now. However, they did serve the me who needed to wake up. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even wherever we are in our dating journey, even if we're attracting the wrong person over and over again, there's probably a pretty good chance that it's inviting you to look inward and say, Hey, what's going on? Like, what, what am I not seeing here? What, what healing needs to happen or whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: I would love to start to transition and shift into um, kind of learning. If you have any like little tips for us that we can use for um, identifying survival patterns as they're showing up and just like basic things that people can use to, to start bringing better awareness to their bodies. Mm
1: -hmm. So uh, the best way to notice is, there's a few things I want to mention. First is you don't necessarily need to know if it's a survival pattern or not. Think of it simply as getting to know yourself. And the more we can get to know ourselves, then we'll be able to differentiate that oh wait this is actually just a part that's stepping up because it wants to protect me and oh okay there's a survival pattern aspect in that how do i then get curious about what the pattern is that unfolds right so seeing it less of like trying to really understand what's happening and more about who are you how are you showing up and then we get to inquire and untangle from there so The first thing, I'll kind of share my four principles and then kind of apply it to a few situations. And we've already been using some of the words, but sometimes it's nice just to think of the four principles. And one of the first one is pausing and noticing, right? Without pausing and noticing, you're not going to be aware of what's happening. You're not going to notice that you are in a survival pattern or you're trying to protect yourself or you're trying to control the situation or Know, manage whatever's happening. So by pausing and noticing, you can then become aware and curious, which is my second principle. By becoming aware and curious, then you can really discover, like, oh, this has this quality to it, or oh, that has that quality to it. And again, I'll go into more details in a sec. But third is there's nothing to fix. So often, the more we pause and notice, and we become aware. We then instantly want to stop what we're doing or do something different instead or quickly find Google for the answers. Like how do I um, avoid attracting it to uh, unavailable men? You know, like, oh, I'm now aware that this is what's happening and now I want the answer. And there's some great answers out there. Uh, what helps more is getting curious instead of really focusing on fixing what air quote is the problem. Get curious on why the problem's there. What I don't even want to call it a problem because it's a survival pattern that's there for a reason. And then the last principle I'll share today is that you're already whole. And I think this is a big part that's missing in a lot of our explorations. We're so focused on fixing our survival patterns. We're so uh, focused on being a better person or healing or really you know, creating change in our experiences. But the more we can recognize we're already whole, we can support ourselves from a very different place. And mm-hmm. the way I like to describe that is like, when we experience our, ourselves in our wholeness or in our truth or in our self-energy or um, whatever words you want to put in there, right? It's like my authentic self. Then I can hold my survival patterns and I can hold the trauma and I can really, Be there, like, I see you. I see you trying to help me. I see that this is there for a reason. It's been there for a long time. It's been of service. The survival pattern feels like it has a job to do to protect me and manage me or or distract me so I don't have to be with this. But thank you for being there. The more we can land in recognizing we're whole with these parts of us that are just trying to keep us safe, air quote, safe and protected, Paint, the more we can then navigate with that curiosity and compassion and exploration instead of again just getting caught in another loop that's so set on trying to fix things so the more we can really just be aware of those four pieces the more we can really come at this with from a playful perspective and it's like oh wait here i am doing that again that's great mm, <laughs> there's clearly totally. right there so I'll use your example of like being in a relationship with someone who is healthy or, you know, how do we classify healthy? I mean, we can get to that in a moment, but it's like, so there's this situation that, you know, someone's holding space for me. Someone's really showing up and meeting meeting me with, from an authentic place and being real with me and open with me and honest with me. And then I'm noticing my pattern of putting the brakes on and pushing away. So, oh, okay, there's a survival pattern of mine. I'm noticing myself like um look at his message and not even believe him. Interesting. Okay, there's a part of me that's protecting myself. I don't trust. Right? So, how am I noticing that? I'm I'm noticing like there's this pushing away, there's this um, tightening and bracing, like I'm wanting to protect myself. I can feel myself create distance in between me and him. Um, so I'm getting curious about the quality of how I experience myself in this response to something that's unfamiliar. In this case, something that's actually safe and what I, um, what we might perceive as wanting in a relationship, but then we have all these survival patterns that are like, nope, that's not okay. So then with that awareness, it's like, okay, he shows up, he's there, I, you know, everything he does, he follows, says he follows through on. Um, and I can notice this part of me showing up that doesn't want anything to do with him. right? Okay, now that I've noticed it, how can I get curious? What if I feel this tension in my body and I let it be there. I recognize that that bracing and that protection and that wall and pushing away feeling is there to help. Oh, that's cool. Okay. I can see its purpose. I can inquire further into what it would be like if I don't fix it, but actually encourage it to be there. What do I learn from that? Oh, maybe... And kind of bringing in some IFS work for anyone who's familiar with internal family systems. But what we can then play with is like, how long has this thing been doing this job for? How long has this survival pattern or this part of me been protecting me like this, right? And then there's this sense of like, oh, can I experiment a little? Do I want to get curious? And what happens if I do this a little less? All of a sudden I feel my heart rate increasing a little and there's some sympathetic energy, some some nervous system change where I'm like noticing this is uncomfortable and unfamiliar and now I'm really feeling like I want to get the hell out of here now I want to run instead of push away regardless of what your experience is and it's information and we get to learn more about ourselves and the way we can then evoke change is by getting curious like this and experimenting and playing with why am I protecting myself in this way? How am I protecting myself in this way? And then is something else possible? Can I experiment and play a little and get uncomfortable? And then I can move through these uncomfortable experiences and realize, wait, that isn't as scary as I thought. I'm okay. And when we do that, we're actually healing layers of our trauma without even needing to know what our trauma is. We're just finding our own edges we're finding our own survival patterns experimenting with them a little getting curious and then by getting uncomfortable and moving through a feeling or an experience I don't necessarily love using the word feeling because we're a whole human experience but then we can land in a new sense of ourselves and like wait now I don't feel like I need to push them away as much and there's a little bit more of a softening and a willingness to be vulnerable and to actually let him know that I actually feel uncomfortable in this. Whereas before I would have been like, I'm out and cutting, cutting the cord and heading to, onto the next unavailable person. Thank you very much. Cause this is not okay. Yeah. So I hope that makes sense, but there's just this opportunity to get curious and learn from what is, and this is where I'm really challenging this. How do I fix it? And mm-hmm. what are the steps? And I'm instead being like, there are no steps. There's just you noticing and getting curious and experimenting with what's happening to learn more about yourself so that then, you know, sometimes you're going to reach some situations where it's like, okay, I need some support with this. This is clearly a trauma that I need some extra um, guidance into navigating. I also believe there's a lot we can do on our own. And that's why I created a lot of my programs because it's like, The more you learn how to get familiar with yourself and learn how to experiment with that, the more you can do a lot of your own healing or a lot of your own shifting into, okay, those survival patterns aren't needed anymore. And here I am.
0: Absolutely. I also think too, it's just, it's also nice to have a space where it's safe to talk about these things and these experiences that we're having. So for example, like just thinking about not really knowing how to navigate because let me say this first, I agree with you. I think a lot, I think we're seeing a shift, a paradigm shift in the personal development field, which is everything has been, how do I fix, compete, do more, learn more, push all of the time versus really realizing like I am whole as I am. And I think relationship gets to be such an incredible space for healing and a catalyst for healing. So You know, I've got a really good friend who um, lives nearby and he and I have been on a journey, similar journeys together over the past few years with similar young, early childhood experiences, I would say, and playing similar roles in our family. And it's really interesting to watch for the two of us just being able to lean in, even in relationship and say, hey, I'm feeling a lot of tension right now. I'm uncomfortable. I'm feeling like I want to turn away. And I'm bringing this up because you're important to me and I want to be able to work through it. And the amount of healing that can happen, that doesn't go. Okay. I felt tension when I was with this person. So now I need to run away and I can't Mm -hmm. be friends with them anymore versus like, I'm actually going to lean into the tension and see what happens. Obviously I feel safe with this person to lean in versus, you know, somebody I just met might be a different story or, you know, having to just be able to understand what's a, the right place and time for me to be able to lean in for myself. Um, but I I feel like taking that mindset out into the world of it's not, oh, I found a boyfriend, or girlfriend, or I didn't. So I'm a failure or that black and white thinking, which mm-hmm. is essentially indicative too that. We're not in the present moment that we're not in, you know, with the person across from us, we're actually very much in our head thinking it's this way or that way, which could be, I think, survival patterns as well. But, um, I just think there's so much healing that can happen relationally. If we have that willingness and aware, like the awareness that you're talking about, just starting to develop and flex that muscle for ourselves.
1: And that's where it's interesting with like, who am I having those conversations with? Because That's something I've noticed uh, talking about my experience with someone who doesn't get it versus with someone who can hold the space and gets it. Mm
0: -hmm. It's such
1: a different experience, right? So if we're in this dynamic where there isn't a safe, an experience of it being safe, it's gonna be a lot harder for us to express ourselves. Um, Obviously the more safe we feel in ourselves, then the less we need to even know where the person's at, we can just express ourselves. So I think there's a few things to consider in all of that, our journey in, in anything, dating or life, but how do I have relationships that are feel safe enough where I can express myself? And how do I inquire further in how I can experience safety within myself so that no matter what, I can express myself. I think those that's important to recognize.
0: Absolutely. I would love it if you could share with everybody where they can find you and how they can connect with you outside of here.
1: Best bet would be Instagram or YouTube. So Instagram is N-L-O-H-S-E and then YouTube is just my name, N-I-C-O-L-E-L-O-H-S-E. And my intention actually moving forward is uh, creating a ton of free content, because like you said, I think there's this big paradigm shift and people are ready to get to know themselves in a very different way. So I'm really excited to just ongoingly support people through free resources. And then I have a few programs. I've got a self-study program um, that really dives into getting to know yourself. And then I also run a dating practice, which is a lot of what we're talking about what we, we connect as a community and we get to talk about what we're experiencing and, and really dive deeper into the aspects of how are we experiencing ourselves through the dating process and then i also have discover which is my four-month program which is a, a, a definitely a commitment for those that are really interested in diving in and information on that's on my website which is just my name
0: dot com, Nicole.com, I'm sure we'll put in it in the show notes too. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. awesome Amazing. I didn't realize you had that dating pod dating group. So I will be yeah. checking that out as well. Cause it sounds yeah. very I've cool. Only run,
1: I've only run, run one round so far and yeah, I'm excited. I make, I want to make some changes and it's a funny, cause when you were approached me about doing podcasts and told me you were doing this, I was like, Oh man, we should collab. and like, totally you know, human desire. I have another friend is a um, tarot card reader and she teaches people how to read tarot and everything. She's like, oh my God, it'd be so fun to like, also do like mini tarot but like okay this is the person let's see what's really going on from a tarot perspective with this person totally it's like oh oh, man we could have so much fun
0: oh I (laughs) love that you know the reason that I created human design and dating is because of the fact that I think human design gives us a really amazing uh blueprint to come back to ourselves. So Mm. it gives us a space of things we can lean into that we know, and it gives the mind something to chew on as well, to be like, okay, you know what I know, for example, like me, I'm such a community person. So being able to say, instead of going, how am I supposed to date? What should I do? I love community. What are the communities Mm. I can get involved in where I feel like I can fully show up as myself, or i we can always show up as ourselves, but where I feel like really seen and recognized and reflected within this community of people and go out and, and connect. And I just think it gives us something to root into in a space where so many of our survival patterns and trauma and all of that can come up. So I'm into it. Everybody stay tuned because there might be some very cool things to come. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, No problem.
1: I was just going to say, I love that because to me, it's like, when I have a blueprint of myself, I don't have to be set on like, that's who I am, but then I can notice and have more compassion towards my survival patterns that may be protecting aspects of that, or it might help me differentiate like, Oh wait, no, that's my blueprint. That's not a survival pattern. So.
0: Totally. Yeah. And, and again, I think this is where experience meets like the science of human design. Cause it's like, yes. we all have conditioning and we can't just get so stuck in the mind of what human design tells us without actually doing the, you know, exploration of ourselves mm-hmm. and our experiences and the human, very human aspects of us. So yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I will see everybody back here on the next episode of Human Design and Dating. Make it a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Human Design and Dating podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, go ahead and leave a review as well as a rating because it helps other people to find the podcast who are amazing like you. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jess Bubaco and I'll see you back on the next episode of the Human Design and Dating podcast.